All right. Well, thank you very much for joining in on this episode of the podcast, Hostel. Now, I wanted to talk about something that uh, definitely isn't talked about enough. That's called the gospel. <laughs> now, in this episode, I met a very interesting man called uh, Andrew Jacoby while I was at the Switzerland Nomad Fest. And uh, we kind of actually captured the first conversation we actually had together. And the man had a very interesting life. Like me, he was a musician. Like me, he grew up very much an atheist. Like me, he's got a little entrepreneurial edge. He uh, ended up building a company in Macedonia that's quite successful. But more than anything, he wanted to talk about spiritual matters. His spiritual journey was quite interesting. He uh, started out very atheist like myself. Ended up becoming a bit of a new age yoga guru hippie type. Ended up joining a cult, in fact. He talks about that in the conversation. But in the end, all roads lead to Christ when you're searching spiritually, which is something I truly believe. And I just want to make one little point. Faith is not rational. Understanding and knowing that there's a creator is the first and most important piece of wisdom that a person can have in their lives. It took me about 27 years to understand that before I came to it. But before we get into it, I want to sing a song. The song, this is older than the Civil War in America, I believe. Wikipedia says this was published around 1858. It's a very old song. It goes by a number of names. I picked this up from Johnny Cash, though. But I'm going to call it a little something different than the most well-known versions of it. It was originally called... I am a poor wayfaring pilgrim. Now it's mostly known as Wayfaring Stranger. But the name of this episode is From Digital Nomad to Pilgrim. Talking about Andrew's spiritual and entrepreneurial journey. So I want to sing it like this. Won't you take 
I know dark clouds are gathering round me. And I know my road is long and cold. Oh, but Lord, I know you guide me. Guide me to that shore. I'm going there to meet my mother. I'm going there, Lord, take me home. I am a poor wayfarer. started already we're starting okay hello and welcome to the podcast hostel i'm your host milan Milutinovic, and today i found a very special guest at the swiss nomad fest his name is andrew jacoby 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 sorry <laughs> still learning here we're getting to know each other on air which i think is quite interesting amen amen and uh i guess three portions of your life that interest me the most was uh you started out your life as a street musician, then you became... I was a, a baby first before that. Well, you are a baby. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we were all babies. I, was wasn't, actually, right. I was born a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> I was born a poor black man. Whoever gets that, who gets that reference gets a dollar. And then in the middle of your Give life... Give you a hint, it's a Steve Martin movie. Steve Martin, okay. Sorry. And then you became a entrepreneur, did a bit of outsourcing in the Balkans. I did. And recently you've become and convert to the catholic faith amen and, and you're uh, you like your theology and your philosophy which, i do uh, i do which is great because um something that is quite rare in this community sometimes yes. i feel like i'm the only one who i know we're, that's why we, we met here man because of exactly because I mean, of that the lord we brought both, us together i i believe that don't say that amongst the digital nomads they think, <laughs> they think you're weird we're gonna get like, dude you need another ayahuasca like, dude, hit, bro. i've done ayahuasca <laughs> and all i realized was you just need god you're really happy why are you doing this everyone the time the amount of times that people try to sell me on the ayahuasca ah, it's like dude, they do the hard sell ah, in this man, 
yeah. community, man. They're all, dude, is the plant calling you, bro? <laughs> like, I let the medicine the speak through yeah, me. The- <laughs> yeah, I had a shaman. I'm, I'm, like, had the bro, whole I'm like, you have no shot. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not touching that no, stuff. It's not the 10 foot pole. You didn't try it, though. No. You're not missing out. No. I did try it just to say no. I tried it. No. And I believed the hype for a hot minute. But uh, I think. By the time I was vomiting in a <laughs> prayer circle of hippies, I realized... It's not a great sales pitch, by the way. Not the oh, by the way, the first thing you're going to do is vomit uncontrollably <laughs> for an hour. Yeah, but that's like, oh, but you're purging. Right. Like, no, dude, you're vomiting. Yeah, I'm vomiting you're because vomiting. you're giving me poison. <laughs> and I'm hallucinating because right. I'm giving poison. Yeah, and that kind of, it destroyed all drugs for me. I was, I'm done, bro. Uh-huh. Like, I was already kind of done. <laughs> And I was like, you just need God, boy. <laughs> Jesus Amen. Is all Amen. You need Hallelujah. Amen. That's Hallelujah. Right. That's but right. let's let's start early on sure, in your it. journey because we both were kind of you were a street musician, yeah. I was a blues musician. Yeah. I did a fair bit of busting. You're like the me well. with hair. I'm you with hair, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and like how old are you? You're like in twenty years um, more of life. <laughs> Thirty one. How old are you, Adrian? I'm fifty. Okay. So okay. T- nineteen more years. I'm right, you, so. you're I'm you in nineteen years. In nineteen years, baby. So yeah, when did you talk to me about your early days in music? When did you fall in love with music? Well, I was at first when I was a kid, I was a tennis player. I went to uh, Harry Hopman, who's a Australian guy who had Harry, a tennis school. Harry Hopman. Yeah, he was okay. a tennis school. He was one. Of, he was the Davis Cup captain for Team Australia he for had a, a while. Tennis school in America. In Florida, yeah, I was there. Okay. So we played tennis you from seven to nine. Florida, you grew up. In no, I grew Philly? up in Philly, but okay. I went to tennis school. We played tennis from 7 to 9 in the morning, went to school for five hours, then played tennis again from 4 to 8 at night. Yeah. Something like that. It was a crazy schedule. Yeah. And then um, I fell in love with this little Mexican girl named Rocio, and I Rocio. stopped caring about <laughs> music, but like her, she was Catholic and I was Jewish, and so her ah, parents really didn't like... You're we were Jewish. really in love, man. Like we ah. were... We were really in love. Like, we were deep in love. And I, I she was my world. I was, like, 16 or 17. Wow. And she was, like, 14 or 15. And we yeah. were, like, Romeo and Juliet. In love. And, uh, Beautiful. And then she left because her parents were freaking out about her maybe, like, you know, doing something crazy with a Jewish guy. Really? Yeah. And then I just lost all interest in tennis. And I, I started to uh, experiment a little bit with some substances. Okay. And the school decided that I wasn't a good fit for the school anymore based upon my usage of those substances. Right. Right. So that was so I had to come and start a new school second half of my senior year. Okay. And the thing that saved me from that depression and sadness. Yeah was that just like the, my whole life falling apart Yeah, um, was the guitar. My dad was a guitar player, Beautiful. and he taught me for the first time when I was 18. But you lost, you lost all interest in tennis. Like, yeah, I lost all just, interest in everything except you. for Rocio. Like, I ah, love, just love, oh, man. Just, that's all. <laughs> Rocio Pizarro Suarez Aramburo. If you're there, Shout out, still love you back in the day. But anyway... Um, so I lost all interest in everything but her. Right, okay. And then I started to write bad poetry and uh-huh. want to like, you know, play That's music. It's like all bad I could poetry. listen to was like sad music, you know? Yeah. It's the only thing that was like helping me was listening to music because right. I didn't, right. tennis, did, I didn't ma- tennis didn't matter to me. I mean, I played in college, whatever, but it didn't really matter to me You'd anymore. Lo- yeah. the only, I just, I, my heart got so broken and there was so mm. much suffering based upon mm. the dissolution of that deal with her that- wow. The guitar was really, and then when I found the guitar, it was yeah. like, oh my god, this is amazing! This like is this is what outlet. I, this is what I'm all and about. You were what, 16, I was, just, I was 18. 17, I was 18. 18. Cool. And cool. from that moment on, that was it. It's but the problem it. was, was that, you know, my heroes went from being like Andre Agassi and Ivan Lendl, so uh-huh. like really serious athletes, super right. clean, to like, 
you know, black drunk heroin addicts, yeah. essentially. Yeah. You know, I like blues players <laughs> and Eric Clapton. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, if Eric Clapton smokes cigar cigarettes, I yeah. got to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. If Eric Clapton dabbled in whatever, I got to do that. If he's yeah. an alcoholic, I got to become an alcoholic if I want to play like Yeah, him. it kind of makes Which, it Which, by okay. the way, is a really stupid amount of, re- stupid bit of reasoning, so don't do that. But that was what I did at 18. No, it's 19. very natural. I mean, at that age, I mean, I had a very similar line of thinking. Yeah, it took it me a while to get realized, like Milan. You know, they're not perfect people. And in fact, they had a lot of vices and a lot of them died young. For yeah, exactly. 27 is the ma- magic. Yeah. Age. How sad to have died at 27. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that was so that was that. And then I got into college and all I cared about in college was music. So I played Were in a blues band. you studying music in college? No, no. Or? I was studying like studying whatever was the least exact answer sort of mechanism. Uh-huh. So meaning like m- the opposite of math. Right. So like where you could just BS all the answers. Right, right. So literature and political philosophy. Right. So I was really into, that was like, I wasn't that into literature. You did, you did but enjoy I, high school and you enjoy the structure. I didn't care. I mean, it didn't mean much. Uh, school or? was never much my thing. Like yeah. I, n- I never, I, I didn't like to sit still like no. that. I, just, I like to be out on the court playing ball. Yeah. Or I like to read. I love to learn. I'm more of an autodidact. Yeah, I like to learn same. what I'm interested in learning. Yeah, for sure. I don't want, if you tell me I have to learn this, yeah. I'm like, I don't I hate it learn. already. <laughs> well, it's, no, if I'm interested, did great yeah. and those are the cl- teachers that were able to sell me on stuff so yeah. i had some great teachers yeah and but mostly i'm just into learning myself like and did you when you turned to music did you look at it as a profession or was it just a pure no, creative just, it outlet like a, it was just like a, a solution yeah i just looked at it as a solution it was just like oh i could enter this world yeah and the pain of my world yeah went away and i was in this beautiful place where i could play like it's amazing i don't know over the Pirate hills music. and far away by led zeppelin yeah. or wish you were here yeah and so these oh, songs classic. that i idolized yeah i could like sort of play yeah and then and then i got to college and i met other players yeah and then we started to form bands yeah and i was in a blues band and like were you I, singing as well or just yeah I, well i wasn't singing in the blues band red beans and rice Red beans and rice. Yeah. <laughs> From a Freddie King song, nice. I told you once, I told you twice, we go together like red beans and rice. <laughs> that's great. I think that's from the same songs of Big Leg Woman with a Short Short Mini Skirt <laughs> from Freddie King. But anyway, um, so I was in that band just playing guitar, but I was also singing and writing songs too in okay. other band in other sort of things. You had a few projects. Yeah, I had a few yeah. projects, but that was the big the most successful one was that blues band. They're actually still going under the name of Dwight and Nicole, so check them out. They're actually really good. Although cool. he stole my amp and I don't like him anymore, but <laughs> and he kicked me out of the band which I started, but anyway, <laughs> Dwight, I forgive you, my Let man. Let it out. Thank God I Andrew. became a Christian for you cuz you're uh. forgiven. Have the amp, enjoy it. It's a 1975 <laughs> Twin Super verb but keep it whatever um right. so anyway he i got kicked out of the bands and i just found that like so from age why'd like, you get kicked out were you drinking at that time no nah, uh, well yeah there was wreck? a lot of that no what happened was is that the blues band like we started out just about getting drunk and playing blues right. that was all we were doing right. and then i got us this gig we didn't practice we didn't do anything yeah. i just got us a gig at a local pizza spot because we couldn't get a gig at any of the bars in right. town that were real right. But we took over this local pizza spot on Thursday night for free pizza and beer. Yep. And it turned into like the spot. And then all nice. the bars, all the other clubs started to come to us. And we started to do really well. But the problem was, was that we weren't, we didn't, we didn't take it seriously from yeah. the beginning. Like we weren't look looking at it, at it right. And then all project. of a sudden people wanted to give us money to record. Right. People wanted to, to go get us on tour. Really? Like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Because like we were like the, for like the non-touring bands, we were the big. We were like a big draw in that town mm. at the moment. Mm. At that moment, yeah. But then there was a split. How in the old band. were you at this point? This is I'm in co- like right after college, like early twenties, right, yeah, early twenties. Right, right. 
and and I was working all kinds of terrible jobs. I was a dishwasher. Right. I was a parking lot attendant, which actually that was a great job. Dishwasher was a terrible job. Short order cook was a terrible job. But parking lot attendant was a great job because right. all I did was smoke cigarettes and sit in a little booth <laughs> and just read for like eight hours a day. Right, right and that was right. amazing. Yeah. So, like, so if you're going to take my body for $5 an hour, at least I'm going to keep my mind, you know? And I'm not going to chop off one of my fingers like or burn myself on your yep. stupid grill or you're digging so you're your, earning your, five your, gre- an hour. your grease pit. <laughs> if anybody's ever worked in a restaurant, if you've never been a dish dog, nobody knows what the grease pit is. The grease pit is where all of the grease gets trapped from a restaurant and it has to be emptied. And it is ungodly. It is the most disgusting smelling uh spot on earth and the dish dog has to empty that thing every night and that was me i have to go into this like like dante's seventh circle of hell yeah into this into this uh, dish dog by day dish dog by day blues band by night i was also writing so i was also a writer i'm also i write stories and essays so i was writing for the local stories yeah i was writing like a combat like sort of like yeah fiction i write fiction poetry songs okay and at that time i was writing for the local arts paper so i was doing like the artist life you know, and then till 25 hit, and I was just like, okay, I've been, I gave this thing like five years, yeah, and I'm still sleep, I'm still like, essentially impoverished, yeah, and uh, no, like, just, I'm, and I'm, I'm an, like more or less addicted to multiple substances, yeah. I'm spending all my time around areas like bars, yeah, where addiction is, you know, kind of like. The th- what you do yeah, and I'm like I, I can't day. do this I'm like I'm yeah. gonna be dead like I'm yeah. not gonna make the, I'm not is, I, I, if this is what the musician's lifestyle is yeah. that I was so into yeah. I can't do this it's not very I can't yeah, do it's, it. it's, it's it's so glorifiable when you're young and 16 but yeah. when you look at it it's like well it's really well, not when you live it and you're like you okay it, I yeah. live on a couch or I live in a just dump yeah I live in a dump with other dudes on the couch <laughs> and like just nah. craziness and like nah. all kinds of drugs happening yeah, and all kinds right. of craziness yeah I'm playing gigs and the bar, the people are stealing the money and like, oh, just craziness, man. And so, um, John, I was really into John Coltrane at the time and he had this, um, he had this church in San Francisco. There was a church dedicated to his music where they would play a love supreme. Really? And I was, and he he overcame his addiction to drugs and alcohol through music. So I went on a pilgrimage from, I was, I was in Burlington, Vermont. And I went on a pilgrimage to San Francisco right. to um, go to the John Coltrane Church so he could heal me from my drug addiction. Did and he my, start uh, the church himself? Or was no, no, this is people just pray to his music, right. like, using really? his music. Really? It was is that really church weird. still around? I don't know. It's a good question. 1998 it was around. 1998. So I was really into Coltrane. But his music was very spiritual. Yeah, right? exactly. He, he was a very spiritual character. Yeah, absolutely. Was he a Christian? Was I don't he... know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Because I wasn't interested at that point. At I wouldn't that care. point, yeah, didn't religion, matter. you didn't think yeah, about it. Yeah, it didn't matter to yeah. So I went out to to see i went out to 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 visit him and i had i was following a girl she worked at burton snowboards and she was going out to san francisco so i followed her she broke up with me i ended up sleeping in the airport the first night (laughs) then i moved into a hostel in the lower hate right and i got into business because i had no money and i answered an ad in the paper that said accelerate your income and that was the only job i could find and i didn't know what it was all i had to do was pass a drug test fake a resume and put on a suit that i bought at goodwill for right. like five bucks. So, so I, you I, bought a cheap suit. I bought a cheap suit. I passed a drug test by drinking some funky smelling stuff. And you were drunk at that point. You were No, no, no. I was like, I was just smoking some weed. I was drinking okay. a little bit. I wasn't that, wasn't that crazy okay. actually. It was okay. kind of like relatively under control. But, okay. um, and it was car sales. 
Right. And so your first and so job was my first job was car sales. And I'm just going to take a little sure. break. We're having a little issue with the camera. We'll be back in a second. We'll be back one minute. Dude, we're killing it. And we're back. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So, Andrew, you were talking about you in San Francisco car yeah. car business. Yeah, the first kind of job you had after the whole musician yeah. Uh, yeah. part of your career yeah. in yeah. life. So I went to that. Yeah, and I, I I turned out that I really thrived. I mean, the way they were doing it, basically, they'll give anybody a job who can fog up a mirror. That's it. What do you they'll mean? give you fog, ninety what days. What do you mean fog up a mirror? Meaning like you're alive uh-huh, and you can okay. speak English. They'll give you a job. They'll give you a chance because all they're so. gonna because it's only commission only. Aha. Uh-huh, okay. So sure. they give you two thousand dollars salary, which is not a salary. It's a draw against future. It's a draw against commission. Aha. Uh-huh, so you it's have like to earn that back. You have to earn from that commission. back. So they're just like we'll give everybody ninety days and they'll try right. ten people and keep one. Right. And it turns out I was a killer. Like I went in and I was the number one sales rep. You naturally right? could. I just sell was naturally because I was like an easy cars or. I could care less about cars. <laughs> like I didn't what made care. you a good salesman then? I finally realized that I just I had one sales technique, which was the person would come in, I'm sitting next to you, yep. you're my I'm, you're like my prospect, and I would say I would say, Look, man, this is a Saturday. Do you really want to spend your Saturday talking to idiots like me? Yeah. Like really? Really? Dude, it's a Toyota. Buy the stupid thing. You want it in black or white. Just get done with this process. Let me help you. Right. Let's just do this now. Yeah, right. It's just a car. Right. Like they're all Hondas. Like whatever. And people it's a Honda. reacted it's a, to that. It's kind a friggin' Honda. Right. Just do it. Right? Yeah. So that was it. So I just pushed people to do the deal because they're just like, I just needed to, and they needed to get over their indecision. Right. And they're all new cars. They're all fine. They all right. have warranties. Oh, they were so new just cars. I would sell new, but I liked selling used better because you can make better margins on used. Right. Right. And I had a side business where I was buying cars and selling them. Like when the dealership didn't want them, I would buy them and then. But so what you say you don't care, you didn't care about cars, but clearly you knew something about them. No, I didn't know anything about them. I just knew about sales, knew about people. Yeah. So I knew you have a need in a car. The car. The car, I, look, my, I, my, no, my your, family's your, your Jewish. Your knowledge like, to say, right. ah, it's a Jewish family. <laughs> yeah, because like my grandfather came over, fought with General Patton in World War II, came back, didn't have a co- didn't go to college, but started a business in the jewelry business. What do you mean he fought business. with uh, General Patton? Well, he was in he the, was he a was soldier. In Patton's, he was in, he was, he was in the like Battle of the Bulge. Like he was, really? he fought, yeah, like he wow. was, yeah, he was, he showed up at D-Day. He wasn't on D-Day, but two day, D-Day plus three. Wow. And he was like in the European theater when the the Allied invasion was there, and he was decorated personally by General George Patton. Wow! And when he died, he asked me the one thing he asked me when he was dying. He said, "Make sure I have my bronze star from that General Patton gave me." Wow. And I was so I thought it was interesting because I was like, "Don't you want a picture of me in your like grave?" He's like, "No, I want the picture. I want the the medal that uh, General Patton gave." Wow. Me. Anyway, the point is, is that. My father started a business. He started, and he was he ran a business, the family business, the jewelry business. Right. So it's just around business my whole life, and it yeah. comes with the Jewish territory. Yeah. <laughs> just like that's just part of the deal with yeah, the Jewish yeah, thing. Yeah. So okay. anyway, um, I did that, and then at one point, my buddy from high school, from the tennis high school, called me up, and he's like, "Hey, I'm getting married." And I'm like, well, "Why would you do that? Why would right. you get married?" He's like, "I'm getting married," and he's like, "What do you do?" I didn't even I hadn't spoken to him for years. Yeah. So he's like, "Some girl bailed him out of jail." And really? he got married because she bailed. Well, he didn't get married because of this, but like, 
the the sequence of events was he got a Dewey. His parents wouldn't bail him out because they were like these Midwest like tough people. Okay. They're like, you made your bed, son, lie right. in it kind of thing. Right, right, and right. His, so he had this girl he was dating. She bailed him out. Right. He was on the hook to her for like 15 grand or I don't know, whatever right, it was. Right, right, right. And then she he married her. And so right. whatever. So he called me up. He's like, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, in, I'm selling cars. He's like, bro. He's like, it's 1998. Yeah. And it's San Francisco. Right. You're in the car business? Yeah. Come with me. Well, I'm uh-huh. in the computer business. Uh-huh. We're we're on a we're in something called a dot com boom here. Uh-huh. We gotta get it. You gotta get in the computer you, game. You never heard of that dot com boom. You, I didn't care. You didn't know about computers? No, nah, whatever, whatever. I didn't care that much. But he so he took me into the computer thing. Right. Which was like much less interesting sales wise, because then it was like the car business was basically you sat around, you smoked cigarettes with your boys, drank coffee, right. and then a bunch of people showed up with the like the newspaper saying, "Hey, where's this cheap car? Right. Oh, we sold that one, but I've got a really nice one over here." Right? right? Like okay. that was the whole. That's the whole car business. Right. The computer business was like, "Hey, buddy." Come to this stupid office, right. sit in this stupid cubicle, right. and like here's a phone, yeah. and here's a like yellow pages. I'll talk to me at the end of the month, right? You know, and so what, you're doing cold sales. You're or just something. doing cold calls, and there were much. It was who, all who just like nerdy calling? white people and some call, Indian you dudes. Calling like in the in the hold on in the car business, you had everybody. Right. You had Filipinos, you had Hispanics, Jews. Right. Right. It was like Russian immigrants. Like it was right. super interesting. Everybody. The needs tech a car. business was all like white dudes and Indian right. dudes with like whatever it got a little boring right like, like ethnically it was like okay. kind of like a little bit beat but anyway um so yeah so so i started doing that kind of sales it was all cold call sales and right. that's how i ultimately my business that you i were started cold calling businesses yeah, or we homes businesses, businesses. Yeah. right right selling we were selling microsoft training we were selling uh, novell training oracle training right. and consulting Right. To the state of California and to businesses in the same. And you scenario. felt very comfortable doing cold sales. You just, I didn't you love didn't... it. No, I ultimately I ended up leaving that gig after a while because yeah. I just didn't like the cold call piece of it. No, I nobody didn't like likes all that. cold. Yeah, it sucks. Surely, right? But I did it, and I was good at it. But I just didn't. Yeah, it wasn't. But like that was what better. Was better money thing. than the car business, then I guess. Or? Well, I mean, did you feel that you were? Yeah, I was. Ma- I made good money, but I spent progress. it all because. I hated what I was doing, right. so like I had to like, I had to spend to deal spend with, in order to yeah, deal with the fact the that I hated. So I was like, oh, at least I got a nice car, or at least I got yeah, a nice TV. Right. I was on that thing, yep. and that was kind of yep. stupid. So anyway, yeah, that's really like that was the end of the line for the. Then I went and worked at a at a charity for a while for mm-hmm. autistic kids. That's a bit in of the woods. Yeah, so I was like, change. I got to get out of this thing, right? And then. Um, I did that, but that turned out to be a cult. So I joined a cult for about a year and a half. Really? What kind of cult? Yeah, it was like a. I had this. T- <laughs> I had this T-shirt idea called uh, um, "Ask Me About My Bizarre Utopian Cult." Right. <laughs> so well, like that. here's the time to talk about <laughs> right, it. Right, right, right. What do you mean there were? A cult? Well, it's like I mean that's a whole long story in itself. It was a cult. It was like a new age kind of like cult essentially but okay. i want to like i get that into it but like it was it was a nice place it was nice people okay but they were all there was a little bit of a like soft a soft cult not a yeah not it a, wasn't hard no hate, it was they were nice people cult. they okay. were doing good things but it was just like this cult of personality all around the leader uh-huh. and like oh i know i'm going out to dinner with the family and you know it's like Who's weird the leader? What, what was, whatever was it was so just like weird man was it was so the guy was really charismatic what did, what made him charismatic he was just a great salesman he was a jewish guy he was a jewish advertising executive who okay. turned hippie you guys should have got along then, yeah huh? it was great we got along great he was great he actually taught me a lot i learned a lot there but they had really? this they had so you learned at the cult really. i learned a huge amount i learned from everything <laughs> yeah somebody yeah. there's this great line from edmund burke he said um 
experience is the school of mankind right for he will learn at no other so the only uh-huh. way you learn anything is getting I, I, bashed I agree. in the face i agree you from just got mistakes do from your fuck-ups you can't be learning from but at that cult i was playing open mics and i met a girl Oh, was from the shit. local community, so, but not from the cult. Uh, she was in the, the local community, and we hit it off. I'll send you some of the songs we did, man. You can oh, put cool. them up. Like oh, it you was amazing. Together as well. Yeah, we became uh, a band. Oh wow, amazing! And yeah, she was amazing, and we lived together for a while. She grew up in, but she didn't want. I, I, and I asked her, I'm like, hey, will you do this music thing? Because it was the first time I was like, man, this we're, what we're doing here yeah. is the best thing I found since my blues band back in college. Yeah. And this is like just the year two. Right. It was just right, and we were awesome, amazing. And we wrote great songs. We shouldn't cool. have dated, but whatever we did. Hey, how could you? It, stop a, it that was what it was. It and then to. she was like, she said. I don't want to do that because I don't want to live the musician's lifestyle. Right. So she threw that back in my right. face. And right. I'm like, come on, we should totally do this. How She's old like, were I don't you want to during do... the cult period? You about this was like, uh, or... yeah, this is like late 20s, late I would 20s, say. Yeah, okay. late 20s, or late 20s, yeah, late mid to late 20s. Okay, so you meet the girl, you have the band. We moved to New York City you because her family, City. she grew up, her dad was a Hollywood director. Right. So he wrote and directed a movie called she Mannequin. She was Jewish as well. She was half Jewish, half <laughs> not. <laughs> nice. Her father was this crazy Jewish uh, like director in Hollywood. Right, right. right. And he was interesting because he, he made all these really famous Hertz commercials with O.J. Simpson. Hertz? Yeah, the, he made what, Hertz O.J. Simpson commercials. Yeah, he made Hertz okay. commercials with O.J. Simpson. Then he made a movie with Kim Cattrall and Andrew Spade, this movie called Mannequin, which was a big movie okay. in the 80s. Never he made heard it. It was a huge okay. movie. Look it up. Kim Cattrall is in it from Sex in the City. Okay. It's a really big movie. So she grew up Hollywood, whatever. So right. she had a lot of connections in the film business. Right. She wanted to get into film. She's like, I got to go to New York City. Right. I'm like, all right, I'll go to New York City with you. So I went with her to New York City. Then 9-11 happened while I was in New York uh-huh. City, and that was a big turning point. Right. Because that, that threw me off everything changed the I, city it, as well like what's guess. up oh my god it, it was changed. amazing that that day to live in new york city during that day so i woke up and her dad called me on the phone right and was like where's my daughter and i'm like i don't know she's on her way to work i'm in yeah. i'm in brooklyn she's yeah. in wherever he's like do you know what's happening i'm like no it's, right it's, it's, and he's like where is she i'm like i don't know so i didn't know if she was alive or dead for hours wow and so i got all these people like and then i walk outside and it was a beautiful day and then it turned into like everything was orange yep. and it was snowing white right. because of like the ashes. And I'm breathing in this building and these people that burned in the building and like, wow. and everybody's freaking out because they thought that there was anthrax in the smoke. So we're dying of right. the anthrax. Right. And like I had to drag my, my, my apartment completely filled with smoke. My dog, wow. I had to drag my dog out of the apartment. Wow. And it was really weird because her dad didn't call and he was like, he's like, okay. I want you guys to come up to the mountains tonight. I'm like, well, I finally found the girls and they right. were cool. It's like me, it's me, Sarah, her sister and her sister's boyfriend. Right. And her dad called me. He's like, look, I want the girls up north and I'm up north in the, in, I want you out of that city because I don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And I was like, look, I talked to them. They don't want to go. He's like, he's like, look, man, I'm not asking you to ask <laughs> them if they want to go. Right. Like you're the you man. Take them. Yeah. You will, you have the permission to like take them. Right. So you can like throw them over your shoulder, caveman <laughs> style, throw them in the he effing truck. He was demanding truck, you take Throw them his in the effing out. truck yeah. and get them out of that city. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, okay, girls, like we're going to, we're going up north. Anyway, so that was really strange. Um, and it sent me on a kind of a really long, like a, that was a big spiritual turning point. Uh-huh. Number one, because I thought my life was going to unfold in a certain way. Right. And then 
it turned completely different. Like right. I thought, here was what's going to happen today. Right. And then I woke up and 9-11 punched me in the face. Wow. I was like, you have no idea. Yeah. You have no control over the mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what, you have no plan. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that was a huge, like it, that scrambles your brain yeah. spiritually. And then I had massive sort of but you were an attacks. atheist at like, this point. What was your what, what was your view on God? I was totally atheist. I didn't totally care. atheist. I didn't care. You grew up Jewish though. Yeah, I grew up Jewish, but I was you, I was like atheist. I didn't really care. None of that. Did mattered. you eat pork? Okay. Yeah. Well, pork? I would eat pork. Yeah, I don't care. You would. Okay. So care. at that point, you, you I didn't truly care. didn't care. My okay. mom grew up Orthodox, so her side of the family Orthodox was like black hat Jewish, yeah. serious Jewish. My dad oh, was really? like she was Seinfeld Orthodox. Jewish. Okay. Yeah. My okay. dad was like Seinfeld. Right. So this thing, this sent me on this huge thing because I started to have all kinds of panic attacks after this 9-11 experience. Yeah. I started to, like, it just got crazy. And so I was looking for solutions. Right. To, like, my nervousness. Yeah, yeah. Just like my, like, I just was lost control of my nerves. Like, yeah. I was just, like, out of control. So I tried Buddhism and I went down the Hindu yoga path. Right, right. And... So that was the start of like you didn't the look towards Judaism at the beginning. Being nah, a Jew, I would nah. think that would be the first. I didn't place really. To try, I know you would right? think, right? Yeah? But like the Eastern, nah. as you know, the Eastern thing is much sexier. Like yeah, you know, it's, community. it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. like so much cooler to yeah, do yoga because yeah, yeah. like they can sit there and make their belly wave. Yeah, and, like, all the levitate. hot girls are into it. So right, I mean, yeah. Right. So I was doing that. The hot deal. young girls right. like it. So yeah, you man. Gotta follow so whatever. I did like the Bikram yoga, the hot yoga, the cold yoga, hot and cold yoga, the warm yoga. I did it all. I did all the yoga i could uh-huh. do but i it thought i wanted to be did a z- it give you something at the time oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay it helped a lot it did help it del- on the yeah, journey it helped a lot yeah um ultimately um yeah it really helped a lot i mean i spent probably tw- like the next i was let's call it i was late 20s again so 34 yeah I spent the next decade oh, decade and a half yeah sort of in that new age thing yeah. Eckhart Tolle ah, classic. you know yes. the whole like be here now Ram Dass yeah, yeah, yeah. this whole vibe there's probably about Re- 30 of those books floating right, right, right. <laughs> no I was, I was right way now. into all yeah, of that that yeah. really it really helped me actually right. I have to say like I don't have you know it's it a very important, That's important part of the journey That's good. And, um, but ultimately there was a few problems with it Yeah. and I mean so you're 30 when this starts changing this spiritual well, 2001 i'm i was born in 1973 so do the okay, math 28 let's say around that yeah 28 so right after that her and i broke up i moved back to philly right i had to start a new business because we had uh, in new york i didn't say this but i left the cult and right. i started up my my buddy my best friend from tennis school right started a business a startup company where he raised a i don't know bunch of money and they were doing Talk about personalized apparel on the internet but this is, which is a great idea. Apparel, yeah, so like you could design your own so, t-shirts. Right. This is 1999. Right. This is like 10 years yeah, too yeah, early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a great idea. It just did, was like 10 years did too early. He, yeah, didn't work out. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. But anyway, um, I was in New York. I went home. I had to start my own thing. So I was right. doing some, I started the entrepreneurial thing a little bit. I'm like, do I, I started working with a rocket scientist who had a, who has two patents on the second atomic weapon on some high on some like crazy weapon right. this crazy dude right. who was using this methodology this japanese statistical methodology called taguchi okay. in order to optimize direct mail so direct mail direct mail right what, so what do you mean direct mail direct mail right. like the junk mail that you get 
because like physical no, male. Yeah, physical male. He okay. was using a Japanese statistical methodology, which is multivariate analysis. Right. So it enables multivariate analysis, and he was he he figured this out in a military application. Right. And he was applying it to junk mail. Because like you could test a lot of variables, like which male is going to work. Uh-huh, so you okay. could test lots of different things. Okay. In general, there's only single variant uh, testing. So you right. do one list here, one list there. You change one thing, and you see which one works better. Okay. He was able to test many things at Through one time. Taguchi. Supposedly. Yeah, it's called the Taguchi okay. method. Supposedly. You guys can look it up. We got written up in Forbes magazine in 20, 2003. Called look up Kowalik, K O W A L I C dot com. Kowalik. Kowalik okay. Direct. Anyway, Kowalik. so that, that didn't work. We scored a huge a number of contracts. We scored a contract with Kraft Foods. I was a speaker and he was a speaker at the Direct Marketing Association show in the early 2000s. With we this had, project. So with but, this project. But what? I don't, I still don't understand. So you, you, it was a form of sending the mail. No, it was or, a form of testing. A form of testing the uh, success rate yes. of multivariate. Yeah, right. We were using, we were doing uh-huh. multivariate analysis right. on direct response media, essentially. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Interesting. Right. Interesting. And it didn't work because we were prom- our deal was we'll double the direct mail results or you don't pay us. If you pay it. Which is a big promise. Which is a big promise. And we didn't help anybody. <laughs> Classic. Just got nowhere. Okay. So it was a terrible idea. But that right. was a business that completely failed. But anyway, okay. the point is on the spiritual side, though, to switch, we'll go back to the business thing, but yeah. on the spiritual side, the new age was great that all that stuff because it gets you in touch with the holy spirit like you yeah. get in the present moment and that's yes. where god is yes right so yes. you're feeling that that which is beating your heart yes you're feeling that which is you know moving the blood in your body yep. you're getting in touch with that with that because god is you know according to the catholic tradition the christian tradition yep. god didn't just make the world in the beginning yep. he's making it now yes. like the quantum in yeah, a quantum it's a reality constant act of it's creation. coming into it's being held in creation yes. right now you yes. are being held in creation yes so through the new age and through these practices of mm-hmm. mindfulness and all of that you get in touch with that yeah but it's not a personal God. When you yet. look back on it now, you see that that was an aspect of the Holy Spirit that you yes, were understanding. Right. I just didn't understand it into, at the time. But you didn't understand it enough. Yeah. yeah. And I, I see that. I can see the yeah. value in some of that new yeah, age. Yeah, it, it was super value, but really yeah. helped me in a, in a huge way. But the problem, there's multiple problems with it. And my story to the, to the faith was that I was in Vienna. I lived in Vienna. I met a woman. I was playing uh-huh. in a band in Panama right. called White Chocolate because we were white, but we had soul. Um, <laughs> And uh, we were playing. I Wait, was playing. This was after you. This was yeah. This was this is this is when I started like leaving. I was started to travel. Uh-huh. So I got married, and then I after marriage, I was married for three months. Wait, who did you get married to? I married some girl I met in Maniunk, Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia. Okay, okay. We got married after three months of knowing each other. We were married for three months. Then she divorced me. So six months since now she lives with a woman. Good, hi Jet. Good to see you, honey. She lives with a woman in Philadelphia. So anyway, hey, that Jet. happened. I was embarrassed, right. so I left on a. This is two thousand six. Okay, I left on on a trip to Spain for a couple of years, and that was when the like the the four hour work week came out. I read it while I was in uh-huh. Spain, so I was there for a couple uh-huh. of years. Then came back, took a break in Philly for a couple of years, and then I went full time nomadic. I went full time, right. just like bought a one way ticket and right. left. But anyway. So I met this girl while in Panama. Played, in, I was playing in a band called White Chocolate. The band moved from Panama to Prague, so we're in Prague playing for the summer. She comes, I'm like, hey, you know, we met down in Panama. Your Vienna's not right. that far from Prague. Right. So I ended up in Vienna for like ten years. So here's what comes into the face story. Okay. So I'm in Vienna and I'm doing these. Um, 
I'm doing these meditation sessions, but I couldn't find a spot in the city. So I would go sit in churches because they were the most beautiful buildings that I could find Uh to do my Buddhist meditation in. Uh And they were quiet. There were no Buddhist temples. Well, I was in my little town. I was living in Uh Kronoiberg. There's no Buddhist temple in Kronoiberg in some suburb of Vienna. No, there's no Buddhist temple. There's the church. Yes. And so I sat in that church for hours before the crucifix, before Christ. Right. And... They have this thing, this saying in, in Latin called via pulchritudinis. It means the way of beauty. So the church has three, three main transcendentals, truth, goodness, and beauty, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, the faith is true, the faith is good, and the faith is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't open to the truth claims of the faith because right. I'm like, dude, people don't raise from the dead. Yeah. That's silly yeah. and nonsensical, yeah. number one. Yeah. Number two, goodness. There's a lot of priests diddling kids around the world, and you guys weren't so great to the Jews around, There's like, a lot of, let's say, the the, uh, the Inquisition. Yes. So the goodness thing, I wasn't, but as an artist, yeah. sitting in that building, yeah. and on the weekends, they'd have free concerts. So you could listen to, like, Bach's Mass in right. B minor, right. sitting in the most beautiful building I'd ever seen. And then I would leave that building and go to some modern building for, like, right. a co-working space or something. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm like, sitting in this stupid modern building with this stupid... Yeah freaking pragmatic cubicles and the (laughs) stupid music and the the paneled glass. And I'm like, okay, we call those people stupid that built that church, Yeah, but they knew something about human beings and what they need much more than whoever built these stupid toys that we have and Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's cool, but like we've lost a Mm -hmm. huge amount. And so whatever inspired those people to build that building that's what I'm all about. Right. That so you beauty. came at it from, from an artist's yeah, perspective, exactly. which is quite interesting. Me, myself, as well, the the first thing that really truly drew me to Christianity and the faith was kind of that gospel music, you know, Amen, that, right. the worship yeah. music. I just thought, hey, I don't believe this bunch of nonsense. You know, everybody around me is like an atheist. I'm like, okay, whatever. But, man, that's some good music. Amen. Fills Amen. The soul. That's right. And, and so then, there's no yeah. question there. You don't yeah. deny, it's not deniable. No. Sitting in that building, listening to yeah. Handel's Messiah. It's powerful. It's undeniable. It's powerful. It's undeniable. You can appreciate it from an atheist perspective. It's undeniable. Yeah. And then, at the time, I was really interested in this guy, Jordan, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Uh-huh. And he did this series on the biblical ser- the biblical maps of meaning no no, no he did YouTube. that but like yeah. i was really into this he did this lecture series and i highly recommend everybody yeah, watch it. it i also recommend it's it. called it. the psychological significance of yes. the biblical stories yes. yes so he has this amazing like he's talking about, i'll give you an example so he's talking about like the jesus jesus as jungian avatar yeah but here's the thing so he says okay this guy jesus mm. how is this guy able to go to his death Knowing that he's going to be tortured, mm-hmm. knowing that he's going to do that, how is he able to do that with acceptance and like sort of like go there, mm-hmm. right? How is he able to do that, not mm-hmm. run away or whatever? And mm-hmm. he said, the reason is because he had his life attached to the, such a high, the, his relationship with God mm. meant that he had his life, his meaning of his life was so big, yeah. so powerful that he could withstand any suffering. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so his point, that's why like the cross becomes like a, a weighing mechanism. Mm. So like, for example, if your job in life is to have fun, mm. okay, cool. 
fine, whatever. When the suffering comes, because mm-hmm. guess what? You're on the cross. Yeah. You're dying right now. Yeah. Everybody you know is dying yeah. right now. Yeah. You will feel that pain because you're a temporal being. Yeah. So when the suffering comes, going to the club is not going to get it done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like when you get cancer, when you get friggin' hit by a truck and you're paralyzed, yeah. Yeah. you need something more. Mm-hmm. Jesus had that in his relationship with the Father. Mm-hmm. And so his point with and and that's why so the, so metaphorically that's why his life made sense it regenerated yes. he was yes. reborn yes. because his suffering and the meaning balanced out yep. so peterson's point is well where are you mm-hmm. do you like so attest, find the highest good that you can find in your life yep. and dedicate your life to that because guess yes. what you're going to need it yeah. Because the suffering's coming, the flood is coming. Yeah. You better build your boat. And this stuff really resonated with me. I it's never really took the Bible. You know, I myself, Jordan Peterson, played a, a big role in my uh, development of Amen, theology Jordan. as well. So it's quite interesting. But he himself, I think, to this day, yeah, doesn't call himself a Christian. Who knows? I don't know. But like, but his yeah. interpretation of scripture is incredibly interesting and very good if you're coming at all this stuff from an atheist perspective. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But one day on his podcast. He has this guy on named Bishop Robert Barron. Oh, so he had Barron on. Yeah, that's, that's how, how I met Barron. Because uh-huh. I would never have listened to Bishop Barron. Yeah, well, because he's like, he's got, he's got a Roman right, collar on. Right. I'm not listening to you. He's probably off, off like diddling a kid. Yeah. Like, I don't know what he's yeah. doing, right? Yeah. So he's got this guy on and he says to, and so Bishop Barron goes into, yes, Jordan, they're great stories. And they're true. Right. And God created you for a reason. Yeah. And it's to realize that you know, you were created in the Imago Dei and you're supposed to accept that that's the case. The and what's her, the Imago Dei? Imago Dei means in Latin, the image of God. You were created ah, in the image Dei. of God. Ah, the, yeah, right. Imago Dei. So okay. like your mind and yeah. your journey in your life, as St. Augustine said in the Confessions, mm-hmm. Lord, you made us for yourself. Mm-hmm. Therefore, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. Yeah. So therefore, my whole digital nomad thing, my whole traveling around thing, mm-hmm. what was I really looking for? All of these dalliances and mm-hmm. Buddhism and yeah, yeah, Hinduism yeah. and yeah. moneyism and sexism and mm. tantraism and yeah, yeah, ayahuascaism, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for God. All paths lead to Christ right. when you're I'm, searching. <laughs> I, am, I was looking for the Lord. Yeah. I was looking for God. I yeah, was looking for a place of rest. Of and Bishop Barron gave me the intellectual argumentation to bring me over. So I, again, we talked about, I already had the, the beauty piece. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. brought me into the truth and the goodness piece of uh-huh, the faith. Okay. And that's what brought me home to uh-huh. the Catholic Church. So props Praise to God. Barron. Thank you, Bishop Barron. But talk Praise to me, the there's Lord. a different element to this because you grew up Jewish. And so Jesus was Jewish. Right? Make, I know that, of course. But so are you, do you consider yourself a Messianic Jew? Or I don't know what that means. To me, I'm, just, I'm still, still a Jew. Yeah. I'm still a Jew. Yeah. Because I'm just living out. I'm just a post mess. I'm just a post You've just um, accept. You're a Jew messi- that's messi- accepted yeah. Jesus as the Messiah, which is what Jesus was doing. He was the exactly. Messiah. Exactly. Because for the Jews. I couldn't come up with a better. When I thought about the historical piece, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people running their mouths about, hey, I'm the Savior throughout history. Yeah. Why this one? Why is it 2023 right yeah. now? Yeah. Because this one guy in Galilee, yeah. you know, <laughs> came into Jerusalem on yeah. a donkey yeah. and like. Now all of a sudden the entire world changed. Like, yeah, what's the logical explanation for that? Unbelievable the amount of impact. Right, exactly. That like, Jesus what life has was he just a good teacher? Was he a good sales guy? There's I mean, more. Come there's on. much more. There's it doesn't much more to make it. sense. Yeah, the story doesn't make sense. Right. Unless he rose. Mm-hmm. Unless he rose. That's the yeah. that's the best explanation. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. 
But the best explanation, given what happened, mm-hmm. is that he rose. Because mm-hmm. why would everybody else be willing to these doubters be willing to go to their death, mm-hmm. proclaiming? Yeah, that all he did. the all the early martyrs, all all the early people involved they in all the died. church, yeah. they all they they right. gain nothing materially exactly. in this world exactly by right. striving for this and dying by the faith. Right. Exactly. Uh, which even that, I think, from an atheist perspective, let's say, is incredibly powerful. Exactly. And people should. Just read the history and try Absolutely. and understand why this narrative has been around for so long and is so powerful and so Absolutely. influential. Why is it 2023, like you said? Yeah, exactly. We're counting going back to one to dude. To one dude. And one what, guy on a donkey what happened to him? In, yeah. in like Judea yeah. somewhere. Like, yeah. I mean, like, why? Just Far ask yourself away from why. where we are now. Far right. away from why? America, Australia. Right. Yeah. So there's three basic questions in the in the journey of, of any apolo- in any sort of like journey to faith. The first mm-hmm. question is like the question of God. What best accounts for this? Yeah. Like, okay, you either have, I don't know, or you have, it's all random chance yeah. and you got a bunch of monkeys typing on yeah. keyboards Endless and eventually they'll come up yeah. with the perfect formula <laughs> yeah. to do this. Yeah. Or you have something like the God of the Bible. There is a creator. There right. is a creator. There is a creator. I think the it's the only logical position 100%. is the creator. And 100%. I think Bishop Barron said it well when he said God is not irrational. He is supra-rational. Yes. Like it's it's deeper than rationality. Right. right. And uh, he, yeah, he helped me a lot along my way. It's amazing. I can't look at this world and say this fell out of nowhere. It doesn't make look any sense. Look at these houses it's, here, yeah. for example. These houses... You wouldn't say they fell out of somewhere. Right. Anywhere in this world, anywhere in the universe, you'd find a house like this. You'd say so someone created designed. Yeah, exactly. Someone right. designed this. Right. But now I have to believe this entire world right. just fell out of nowhere. Right. It's, right. It's and just, if it's you random. don't believe it fell out of nowhere, you're a dogmatic, irrational yeah, right, right. moron. Makes it's, no it's, sense. It's, it's silly. If but you guys want the, the, the overview of the argument, highly recommend an interview that Ben Shapiro did with a philosopher by the name of Ed Faser. E-D-F-E-S-E-R. Look it up. He goes over the Aristotelian proof which basically starts at change. The yeah. fact that change exists yeah. means that it's a it's a actualization of a potential. Yeah. And it's like Aristotle talked about there needs to be either you have a logical yeah. impossibility. So you have like a series of hooks that never that holding up a chandelier yeah. that never has a ceiling, yeah. right? So that's which is logically impossible yeah. or you have an uncaused <laughs> cause. Yeah, of you course. Have of course. A begin, you have a beginning yeah. place. St. Thomas Some, Aquinas I think has right, this five right, proofs of the God. Five, five the, in the medieval called. world it was a given that it was the most logical position right. to it's right. not even belief to know that God exists. Right, of course. It's not even a belief. Well, according, a, to Aquinas, according to Aquinas, you can come to know through nat- through your reason yes. that God exists. There's certain I things love, you have to accept I, love, I, I really, really love Thomas Aquinas for that very much. Amazing. He, he smashes all the Richard yeah, Dawkins yeah, yeah. of the world, throws them out. The Sam yeah. Harris's, off they go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, amazing. And by the way, yeah. if you guys are interested in St. Thomas Aquinas, the his order is called the Dominicans. They're called the Order of Preachers. And right. they have an amazing podcast called the. It's called by they set up called the Thomistic Institute for Saint uh-huh. Thomas Aquinas. So he they still have a Thomistic has an Institute. Um, yeah, it's the Order of Preachers. It was started by Saint Dominic, and and um, Saint Thomas Aquinas was right. part of that. And he was around what, like a thousand eighty? No, he's a twelve, like, like around twelve hundred. Yeah, twelve hundred. Okay. okay, but he's the but, main theologian in in Catholic theology. Well, there's, let's well, there's say. Augustine, and yeah. then there's there's a, there's there's, there's yeah. many, but like there, he's probably the him and and Augustine are the big yeah, big two. Augustine was very much like a translator of the Platonic tradition, right? Which is more like the spirit, and uh, um, Aquinas was more 
about like the Aristotelian mm-hmm. sort of line. Mm-hmm. So translating the Hellenic mm-hmm. from both lineages, yeah. Catholicizing, let's say, yeah. the the Platonic lineage through Augustine, and then the uh, Aristotelian lineage through Aquinas. Very interesting. Very, very interesting stuff. Let's get it back to your story. Sure. So you were... You were doing what? You were in Vienna. And uh, when did your entrepreneurial side start? Was that the same side as your spirit? They kind of went hand in hand, I feel. Right. What happened was, was that at the time I was doing... My, my job that I did to travel was to do sales, cold call sales. Right. So I would do an hour a day of cold call sales, and that's right. how I was traveling the world. And you didn't like the job, but it paid well. I didn't well really like or... it. It was fine, but I was, I was playing selling? a lot of music. I, it gave me a lot of... Fr- I was selling um, telecom, and then I was selling waste services. So right. like... Uh, People just like garbage. <laughs> Give me a sales pitch now. What uh, would you say to me? If you oh, me. the sales pitch was, hi, my name is Andrew Jacobin. Call from Waste Reduction Consultants. We help large apartment owners and managers reduce their waste hauling expenses. We average a 30% reduction in those expenses, and we do it all on a pay-for-performance basis. So if there are no savings, there are no fees. Right, right. Can I send okay. you a case study of how we helped a company in your space save a million bucks last year right. on their waste haul? <laughs> Great. Thank you very much. That's over cool. and over and, and over. So what you did that for an hour a day? An hour a day, you, and you I made generate it, enough leads. couple two three thousand a month right. to like travel. Wow. Yeah. So that was it. Wow. But I wanted to expand it because I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. But I couldn't find other people that wanted to cold call for right. obvious reasons. Yeah, right. It's like very. I found. I tried to find other Americans. They're like, dude, I'm into crypto. Yeah. Like, I'm got right. this website. Right. I want some push button thing. Right. Right. So right. They didn't want to grind cold calls. Right. And then I tried Filipinos and Indians, and I couldn't make it work because there's like a different culture. Yeah. I would be like, the Filipinos would like get embarrassed and then not show up to work the next day. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or the Indians would tell me yes about everything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Right? And I'm like, I'm like, do you mean yes or are you just saying yes because right. you won't say no to me right. for anything? Yeah. So like, if I say, are you a donkey? Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir, sir, yes, yes sir. Right. So like, whatever. Right. But then right. I found this dude, Darko, um, in Macedonia. And I never heard uh-huh. anything about Macedonia. Very cool. And he started never working heard with about me. Macedonia. Not that American. much about You're it. Showing your American. I had to leave. I had to leave the Schengen zone, and right. Macedonia was outside the Schengen. When was zone. this? Sorry, which year? Well, this was talking? this was two thousand and um, this was two thousand and eighteen. Right. So I, what I was doing was I was playing music on the street to make a living. Cool. So I'd kind of given up the idea of like entrepreneurship. I had chased like some stupid entrepreneurial. I did another business. Yeah, Long story. Yeah. It's a whole another podcast. So a lot in of Romania. failures. And then back to a lot the of failures. I, and then. We did another business. We raised six million euro and really? kind of still to this day a failure. A lot of lot of money raised. A lot of pissed off people and it yeah. didn't work out. But wow. anyway, so I was like, I wasn't super. So I just was like, let me just play the guitar again. Yeah. Let me just go on to the street. And so I applied to the Wiener Linie program for like for street musicians. And you have to like Wiener Linie. Yeah, the Wiener Linie is is means the the Vienna train thing. So uh, to perform, yeah, at to the perform. Train you had to like, station. you had to sign up and uh-huh. you had to like perform. You have to it's go German, dude. Process. They're serious. Like, I love that. They're not like anybody can do yeah. it. You had to go <laughs> apply. <laughs> okay. I played on a stage. They filmed me. Right. They interviewed me. Wow, to give me a serious. permit to do this. Okay. Very serious. So I did that, and I was making a living at it. And so just playing on that train, just playing on the well, streets. That's yeah, I was playing living. Americana originals. Right. I wasn't really into playing the hits just because, like, I wanted to introduce people to American music that they don't get access yeah. to: bluegrass, yeah. blues, 
country you know yeah. stuff that i really yeah. liked i didn't want to play like you can make more money just like you know like wonder wall yeah sure, you know, like sure. you know like dude, sure. don't look back in anger, no, but you whatever. have to like, have integrity right. as an artist right i just wanted to i wanted to introduce people to new newer either songs that i wrote or songs that they hadn't heard of that i thought were good yeah. that i thought could like artists that could enrich their lives right, right and i wanted to do that so i made enough money to, to live but you know i was 45 my girl was like hey man you know, like street musician, what's up, dude? husband. You're getting weird know. with this new age thing. Uh-huh. You're just weirding out with the Eckhart Tolle. You're talking about there's going no hard past. on Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, there's no past, no future. Well, you evangelizing you're evangelizing Eckhart. Yeah, at I was that getting time. a little weird. You're getting a little weird with that. I think you know, I'm just getting off the train. That's right. you. I'm getting off. So right. she booted me out, and I was like, okay, I can't really continue. I can make this work, but like. I'm not saving any money. I'm 45, mm, yeah. lugging this equipment everywhere yeah. during rush hour. Yeah, it's not like, glamorous. I love music, but like, it's not a great... My grandfather no. said this to me. He said, look, music's a great hobby. It's a terrible business for yeah. most people. Yeah. And he's like... And I was right. And the only way to make it work is you're either a teacher or a wedding band player, really. Or like, you Right, or whatever. And I didn't want to do either. I didn't want to be a wedding band player. Yeah. I didn't want to play the hits. I, yeah. didn't, I don't like that. No, that's I, not, I'm not the into fulfilling it. I'm not into musical part. Some people are into it, and that's great. Like, yeah. my band and the guy who does... Who I did White Chocolate with, we played the hits. Yeah. And he went on cruise ships, and he's still playing the hits yeah, today, and yeah, he loves yeah. it. Yeah. He's into it. It never fed me in the same way. Yeah. It's fun for a while, but I get sick of, like... Yeah. Yeah, you know I feel what it. I said. Anyway, I so it. I said, okay, what am I going to do? I need some money. I'm running out of cash. Yeah. And I'm sitting here in the woods meditating and playing music. And what am I going to do? So I'm, it just hit me. I called Darko. I'm like, dude, I'm coming to Macedonia. When did you, how did you meet Darko? I met him on the internet on a freelance website called Upwork. You met him on Upwork yeah. and what you were hiring him. I hired him for a previous business and he had done a really good job. Uh huh. But I had the, tried but to the start. business itself failed. Right. But the business failed. Right. And we right. got and so I'm like, all right, Darko, we're starting this thing. I'm flying. I have to get I have to my and girl kicked Skopje. my girl kicked me out. Yeah. I had to leave Vienna anyway. Yeah. I'm like, where's Skopje? He's like, right over here. I'm like, <laughs> where's Skopje? So I showed up in Skopje. Yeah. I had one client. We had one client, a buddy of mine from the older days that I used to work for. Mm-hmm. He gave us 500 bucks for the first month, and then he fired us the next what month. What did you do for- We did cold calls. Ah, so, so I was, was teaching these Macedonian kids. How to cold So I had like three kids. employees. How old are these? 22. Darko was 30. Darko was like 30. And you were but about that. You were I was, no, I was, no, I was 45. Oh, you were 45. I was 45. Right, yeah, you were 45. 45. Okay. So I started the business. We had one client for 500 bucks the first month out of my Airbnb, turned it into a call center. <laughs> and the next month we had no money and three employees. Right. And then little by little, we just grinded it out and built it up. At one point we had 150 people around 150 120 employees. Yeah. Then we cut it down to 50 because we started to how, get better How tech- was your hiring process to hire that many people? Were you directly I did it like involved? I did I did it like they did it in the car business. I was like, "Can you breathe? Yeah. Can you speak English? Okay, yeah. come on, I'll put you on the phones and if you can make it work, you make it work." So it was hard and far and you yeah, fired I was, a lot I, of people. I was it was Darwin, dude. It was the yeah, jungle. It was the jungle. Yeah, okay. We hired 100 Brutal. We hired fifty people. Keep t- keep ten. Did Rinse would they we asking them? Let's say on the podcast, would they say Andrew was a good person to work for, or do you? Think you should you're ask a, him. I don't know. No, boss, they were. So did they understand what the deal was? And at this point, I had I was kind of in the midst of this conversion. Right. So to me, and so and during all these Macedonians, yeah, I was like, so what I was really this. interested in yeah. was teaching them about life. Because I don't have right, any kids. Right. So we have five values at the company. Number one, always tell the truth. Uh-huh. Number two, 
you have to work hard in this life. Like yeah. there's effort. So it's yeah. truth, effort. Number yeah. three, service. Yeah. So you should always have an attitude of service in your life because you are a communal being. Yes. And to love means to, yes. s- to will the service good of other people. Service gives you purpose. I right. believe totally. strongly. Service. Be grateful. Have a grateful heart. Yeah. And, um, and uh, what was the last? Okay, I haven't done this speech in a while. I think so, that was the fifth one. No, that was four. Did I do four? Anyway, so I would give this speech every week. At first, I gave it every day. Right. I would tell them. Every day? I gave it the, the wow. value speech wow. every day. Were they listening intently? More, or were they because <laughs> it was more important. I don't know. You have to ask them. It was more important to me that they straighten out their lives and not right. go down the path that I had gone down. Uh-huh. So you felt it a was. sense of responsibility. Right. I, I, so to me, a business lives. is a, a high calling. It's a community of mm, virtue that mm. I'm trying to create. Right. That we li- we treat each other with respect. Yes. Because my idea was like, I'm going to this poor country and I want to teach these people a skill that they yeah. can use outside of their country yes. to make a better life for yeah. them and their family. Yeah. Some of these 24-year-old kids are sending money back to their parents in Albania yeah, yeah, know, or Serbia yeah, yeah, because yeah. they can't make any money in the winter because they only have like a farm stand in yeah, the yeah, summer yeah. in the winter they basically yeah, well start across, well right? across the whole system right? you, get the that, you get this I live in the right? Balkans right yeah. so like that's a, this is a real thing yeah and so I loved that but I really was important to me that these kids took their lives seriously mm. and they took their time seriously mm. and they tried to develop themselves into virtuous human beings and they were that cold, was my most important thing people all around Europe no only US we only have US uh-huh. clients to this point point. and so what did People would respond. I would assume, you know, hearing a Macedonian accent. Yeah, yeah people assume that. But like, we picked people, really the young matter. kids. They've got good accents got because good they like they yeah. they listen to YouTube all yeah, day. Yeah, So they've been growing up on it. So they have good. A- so we built the business up. I built. I was the CEO for three years. Right. Built it up to a certain size, and then I hired a CEO to replace me. Right. And, and Darko's in the picture. The he's whole still time. there. Yeah. He's, he's still, still he going wanted, because he didn't want to leave because. He didn't want to leave. He just still he's getting yeah. more out of it. To me, yeah. the fun part, I'm not a business guy, right. really. I'm an artist. I'm a right. creator. Right. Business is one vehicle to create. It mm-hmm. happens to be a pragmatic one. It puts yeah. money in your pocket yeah, and that's wonderful. Yes. But like it's just a creative endeavor. Yeah. So I like the beginning part. You and me, hey man, let's do this podcast thing. Let's do yeah, this yeah, jam. Yeah, cool, yeah. bro. Let's go do it. Yeah. That sounds fun. But once it becomes a big enterprise yeah. and it becomes more about spreadsheets and HR yeah. and finance, my eyes glaze over. Right. I'm back in school. Yeah, I don't care, yeah, dude. Yeah. Show me this contract. You I can't it, even read yeah, this contract. The paperwork. You're not I can't into even that. read it. Yeah. I can't even tell you what it is, you, man. But the value that you had, I guess, would be building that culture and just that endless hustle that you had in, in yeah. doing cold sales. And they took you. Yeah, a, I was just really as an I, example. I I just found this little community of people in that world in Scotland that I just yeah that I just fell in love with these guys. Man. You really loved. I, I love yeah. the I love these guys and yeah. girls, and they just like. And we were all in it together. It was yeah. like hardcore early days. Are we going to make this work? We're not. We worked seven days a week. I wasn't a Christian at that point, so I was right. working on Sunday. Uh-huh. Seven days a week. I ate. I worked out and I Grinded. worked. And that and was next sales. That was that's, next sales. That's, that's next my sales. Hat. Next sales. Next, next sales. sales.io. <laughs> um, and that was it. And so I built the business and then I took uh, my CEO in who was actually, interestingly, my previous client. So I was his sales rep. Ah. He was the guy that built and sold the waste company. Right. So he he started right. coaching. Yeah. So he came in as our coach and then he got sick of coaching because he's like, right. Dude, nobody does what I say. So like coaching sucks. Yeah. I want to be back in the I want to be back in the pilot seat. Yeah. But I don't want to start from zero. Yeah. You've built the thing. It's a friggin' mess. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. You're driving this car into a street. Yeah. Like into the friggin' wall. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll yeah. help you fix it. Right. But I'll, let me take over. 
Yeah. So okay. I'm like, dude, take it. Here's the take keys. It. Take right. it. Here's the right. keys. Right. And then he cleaned it up. And so over the last year, he's been CEO. And the business what, what is are just, they selling at next sales? We sell outsourced sales development as a service. What does that so mean? So cold calling, appointment setting. So there's two steps in a B2B sale. Okay. The first step is you got to get an appointment with somebody to sell something. It's not like you go to the local store and say, duh, I want gum. Yeah, Bear right. gum. Give me gum. You need to have gum. a meeting with the you have, person right, if you're selling a $100,000 consulting engagement, right. you got to talk to somebody. Yeah, you who has get the power with that to person. have make that decision right. and so how do you find somebody uh-huh. you got to talk to a lot of people so you got to cold call oh so, so you have people the cold, cold call. calling to find the person of interest yes, that's all we do really that's all we do Wait, you so we you set have the a, meeting all you do is find the right people and set the meetings that's and you outsource do. that service they serve no they outsource the it to us that's what we do aha uh-huh. yeah yeah, yeah. so i hire you to right. find me a meeting with the head of toyota right, or right. something like let's like say that. you have a big software that you're selling right you're like hey dude i need to talk to some people to sell this i right. want to talk to these kind of people uh-huh. go get them right. i want to get on a meeting because i can't spend all day sending yeah, templated this emails dude and this dude and this dude i can't to find be sending emails all day i'm too i'm making a couple hundred grand a year okay i can't be i can't be sending cold calls i can't be making cold calls you do that and then when when you're done and there's a meeting, now I'll step in yes. because that's worth my time. So yeah. we do that role. And now currently huh. we're at 50 people or so. Yeah, you have 50 employees. How many 50 clients employees. do you have? Do clients, are they recurring like 22. It's all, it's all recurring. Yeah. Our service is $4,800 a month. And, and the business that it's actually done is all in America or across the world? Like um, It's all in America. It's all Everything America, in America baby. right now. We'll be expanding eventually overseas. But right now it's right. all in America. It's all about America, baby. All about the United States. And so I guess moving to Macedonia and making that, building that firm there was because of Darko yeah, in basically. a lot of ways. He's amazing. You didn't even know Darko what Macedonia was. Darko is amazing. Was. And Darko's, it's really interesting because when I got off the boat, not on the boat, sorry, when I got off the plane to yeah. the bus, Darko's a very strange looking dude. Uh-huh. He's got this wispy red beard. He's got this <laughs> weird head. Okay. His teeth are all jacked up. He was super skinny at the time. He looked like a character out of the Lord of the Rings. Right. And I felt the minute I saw him, I was like, this guy's like my little like gnome that's gonna like take me up the mountain. Right. Like I feel like I thought he was like my spirit guide. I right. felt that immediately. Okay. I'm like, who you is found this your Macedonian dude? I felt gnome. like he was like a spiritual being. <laughs> I thought he was like this wow. weird like. Really? And I felt that immediately, and I'm like, this like is the this. guy. And Darko, if you're listening to this, is an amazing human being. Yeah. He he is one of these people that is just like, I I can't say enough about him. Like the whole business exists because of him. It's really yeah, does. you were, it's you amazing. wouldn't be able to build an outsourcing operation in Macedonia. You wouldn't know the culture. You didn't have a network of he contacts. He built it all. That, I mean, yeah. I I told them what to do. The trade was, yeah. I'm old, yeah. and I know what to do. Right. I just don't have the energy or the desire to right. do it. You're right. young. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. I could tell you, and then he just did it. Right. So instead of me just running my mouth, which I'm always doing, right. I would run my mouth to him, and he would go create what I'm saying. Right. And he'd come back and be like, okay, I did it. I'm like, right. wow, we have a website now? That's amazing. <laughs> okay, what do we do next, boss? Uh, Well, we cold called. He had a lot of respect for you and your knowledge and your experience. Right. He took direction very right. well and for he, me. And he, but he was just one of these people that grows. He was like just a growth a mindset guy. That's great. That's what you need. Anybody listening, that's what you need. It's all about growth you mindset. You just need to grow. Like He just yeah. was always learning more. He transformed his body. He built, he bulked up 20 kilos right. like, of muscle muscle yeah he like quit doing all kinds of stuff that he was doing that were off track and he got married had a kid like he just was like 
one of these people that I'm, I'm, I look at him and I'm like, man, you're amazing. Because this is the thing, like when you're growing a people business, everybody's into tech. Yeah. In reality, when you find the right people, there's such a multiplier. The, the trouble is they're rare. The most rare. important asset so, for any so business. Important, and it's man. incredibly rare to find A, the right person and create the right synergy. Yes. It's very it's difficult. Really, it's everything. Yeah. Your team is everything. Everything. 100%. Everything. Very important. Do not settle. If, yeah. you think, if you're working with people no. and you're thinking about any of those people and being like, eh, yeah, B player, don't. fire them. No They're B not players. doing anything. You know, Instagram, anything. when they sold Instagram to Mark Zuckerberg, they had a team of 13 people. 13 people built Instagram to a place to sell it for a billion dollars because they had the correct team culture just the they absolute killers, they, they were killers. all a game not even a game like super a game they were killers, fucking players man. that's what you need if you're going to work yeah. with people but don't let the fact that there are going to be weak people stop you from hiring you got to hire you got to collaborate with people mm-hmm. and you got to but you just have to be ruthless about mm. like when you're when it's not working out yeah stop you the collaboration say, bro yeah good like, to know you see good you to later know you, yeah, homie. it's like that's I mean, it that's my it. name's Paul, and that's between y'all. Like you go my do your name's thing. Paul, and that's between you go y'all, do your thing, baby. man. You go do your all thing right, because right. right. So that, but it's really important because if you don't have other people, especially if you're starting a business, having Darko there as a co-founder in the How, beginning was so important. Yeah, you do you feel because that you got lucky with Darko? Or did you know immediately, like when when you went into yeah, a it was deeper luck. It was business a blessing. No, it's the partnership Lord, with it him. Was, it just kind of. You just went with it, like you can't plan it, really. You know. I don't know, man. I like to me, it's a God thing. Everything's a God yeah. thing. So, like, I just go by that. It's a but plan. if I'm thinking about it, I have this ability because I've worked with a lot of people, and I'm an intuitive person right. because of music. Right. I have an intuition about people. Right. And I go with that. I live my life very intuitively. Right. I'm very much just in the day. I don't do a lot of planning of stuff, you know, because the 9/11 thing. I don't right. believe in tomorrow. Essentially. Right. Right. Okay. I just wake up and I'm like, I want to serve God today and serve my fellow man. Uh-huh. Like that's what I want to do on a very daily basis. Very powerful way to wake up. <laughs> right. That's what. Whatever. Very like, that's, powerful way to wake up. That's what up. you're trying to. That's what I'm trying yeah. to do. So if, but I'm, but that, what that means is that. I'm much more about like how what does my intuition tell me about what's going on in my life at yep. any moment. And when I met Darko, I'm like, this is a good dude. I like this guy. He's mm. smart. I like talking to him. Yep. He comes back to me and he, every time I just see him increasing his knowledge. I see yeah. him with a work ethic. He's yep. got intelligence. He's got street smarts. Mm-hmm. Now, you can be smart and an idiot yep. at the same time. Of course. Because very you, don't know, you don't have that like... And no, he's also one of these... People. You know what's interesting about Darko? And this is very interesting about people mm-hmm. is that like he's an amazing politician and i mean this in the following way mm. is that he doesn't let his emotions get involved in any negotiation right so like he's able one of these people like i'll get emotional because you mm-hmm. see i'm like an animated person yeah. and you got in a fight i'll get like and like yeah. I'll, you know i'll be like f you and right like, we're not we're done you know right. like i'll get all crazy and emotional <laughs> right and i make bad decisions sometimes this way like right. things fall apart relationships break because yeah. of my impulsivity yes because of my and he doesn't have that he's he right. can like be sitting in that same conflict and just be calm and yeah be like, he yeah, deals man, with like, conflict just, in a very like, good like, way let's just not let's let's not get out of control here yeah. let's keep it calm like what are we doing how do we solve the problem mm-hmm. we all have different problems here how do we get together and solve these together mm-hmm. so we can move down the field and i'm like yeah right you, know, like, you <laughs> did this to me do you know who i am yeah. do you realize i'm who from america do you realize who you're dealing with do you know yeah. how th- th- yeah like, yeah th- yeah you know and i that 
that sucks. Yeah. And he's amazing in that way. And so, so I mean, he's a, he's mm. like what they would call in politics. Like he's How a long realist. Have you been in partnership with him. For? What's up? Uh, How for long have you been working together? Six and a half years or seven it's a long years. T- yeah. It's and a long we've time. never. We've only had one issue. The yeah. entire time. We've never had a fight except for one time we got a little bit like little he bit did salty. something that I didn't like and whatever. It was like but one time. Resolved it, in yeah. seven almost seven yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. And we worked together through hell. It's so important finding like the right through business Through hell, partner. through clients stealing money. Yeah. Through employees stealing our business idea right. and trying to steal our employees uh-huh. and take them out. Through craziness so that is something that happened you'd have employees say well these guys are doing it i'm gonna go in we've had that multiple times yeah people steal the business idea uh-huh. people and how clients do you, how can you we had stop a client that? stiff us have... for sixteen thousand dollars and we had to pay out the, oh. the employees yeah he, like he we bought the labor from the employees essentially mm-hmm. the client didn't pay for it so we had to pay yeah, the employees you have to cover. Right. 16 grand that, that went into my personal that. like yeah. we, like Dip. So, that hurts. so these kind of th- situations, right. and Darko and I were able to like go out, have a shot of rakia, have a chicken, <laughs> you know, at our favorite mahana or whatever, right, right. and just be like, "Look, man, yeah. what you do like, we? How do we like solve the? the in, uh, how do we solve the problem? I'm a carnivore, so they eat a lot of meat. Yeah, it's good. It's good uh. So, like, how do we solve this problem? Right. right. And like, should we? Are we in the right business? Like, should yeah. we quit? Are we doing anything here? Like, because mm. in the beginning, it's very much. This isn't gonna work. Yeah. We don't have product market fit. Yeah, we, keep, we bring on a client, we lose the client. We bring right. on an employee, the employee starts smoking dope and hitting on all the chicks in the kitchen. Right, and like we're doing sexual harassment here. We're not right. doing business. Right, like right. right, like we're all kinds of problems. Right, and then at one problems. point, right, at one point, you know, it works. Like now, it's it's a different level. Of, the business is a different level. There's still problems, yeah. but like it works. Why like does it work works. now? What what do you think brought it to this point? In a few sentences. Um, just because we figured out how to do it. Yeah. That's all. I mean, just yeah. enough iterations and just we just, we're not, we're not that stupid. Yeah. And we have enough experience of doing different things. mistakes, more or less. Yeah, we do. Well, we, we make less mistakes. Over time, we've gotten better at what we do. Simple. Right. And we brought in now a serious CEO who's sold multiple businesses. Right. He sold the business to a public company. Right. So he's a serious dude. Right. And he come in and he's like, okay. Like all I cared about was growth. I was into sales. I wanted right. to get this. Fi- I want to get. Yeah, I want to be like. I want to hit month. the seven figure mark. Like, right. That was my goal. That was my right. north star. I want right. to get to seven figures a year. Right, I want right, to build right. a million dollar. Whatever. That was my like my thing. Yeah. I didn't care if the profit was bad. Right. You just wanted revenue. About, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I wanted the like driving distance it, number. I didn't yeah. care about the score. Yeah. I just wanted to. I can hit the yeah. longest drive. Yeah. Like, yeah right. dude, but you shot 120 on the course. Yeah. You suck. Yeah. I didn't care. I want to hit a million dollar business. So that was my goal and all right. i know is growth so anyway bryce came in who's our ceo and he's, he's much American? more yeah okay. he's a much more serious polished businessman yeah so he can do operations in a way that i can't right. so he just came in and cleaned everything mm-hmm. and now he's there just sitting tweaking knobs every week like okay what are we doing wrong how do we make it better right. what's our and we're right. systematically operationalizing ideas not like this idea, like, let's do it. We're switching. We're doing a different thing today. <laughs> we're tearing out the CRM yeah, and yeah. we're putting in HubSpot. I saw this right. video. It looks right, good. Right, like, yeah. that's how I do it. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know what the hell Impulsive. I'm doing. Right? Yes. Impulsive, yeah. all over the place, yeah. creative artist dude. And he's not. He's mm-hmm. operations guy, tweak knobs. Yeah. Everybody calm down. Yeah. We're, we're getting just a little bit better. We're, mm-hmm. Everyone's getting a little bit better, 1% right. better every day. Right, right, and right. over time, that just compounds and compounds right. and compounds. And the growth Beautiful. will come, but first we got to fix the funnel. First we got to fix the machine Beautiful. so we don't just poop it out the back. 
you bring it in, you poop it out the back. Amazing. I wanted to ask. Sure, man. You've had a lot of success outsourcing in Macedonia. Yeah. The, or in the region, not just the, Macedonia. In the, in the Balkan region. Yeah. You tried outsourcing, you said, briefly in India and Philippines. and that. Do you think the Balkans is a better region for outsourcing? Do you recommend it to other entrepreneurs? I totally recommend the Balkan yeah. region. I think it's an amazing region with Why amazing people. Why would you recommend people? the Balkans over, let's say, the Philippines or Asia I, or well, whatever? Well... I, I like the Philippines too. Yeah. I, I, it's not it's not that they're bad. It's just that because like look, India's huge. Yeah, there's a ton of people in yeah. India. I haven't worked with all of yeah, them. Yeah, just right? straight so up like, billion and a half. I, the Philippines is huge. Yeah, I haven't worked with all the people. Right, right. And we've had great employees. We actually had employees like a Philip, couple of Filipino employees mm. who had married Balkan men. Oh right. And so I, and they were great. Yeah, true. But true, in true. general, here's the reason I like it. Number one, culturally, there's no nothing lost in translation. Yeah. I talk to Darko like I'm talking to you. Right. And he'll. Because it's like a Judeo-Christian culture. It's right. a similar culture. Yeah. I don't not better or worse. Yeah. Hindus are great. No, you're just close. Buddhism you're able to communicate. Or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So I can just say to him, and he's not afraid to say, dude, you suck. That's a stupid idea. Yeah. Like yeah. and the Filipinos would never argue with me. The uh-huh. Indians would they were more like, You're the boss. Yes, sir, yes, you're sir. okay, yes, sir, yes, sir. Right. I don't need that. Yeah, you can't work I'm an with idiot him. sometimes. Yeah. I need you to tell I need you to say to me, bro, I don't I'm not with you on this. Like yeah. this is a bad idea. Yeah. And for this reason and this reason. And we need to fight it out. Yeah. And that's what happens in the in the Balkan region. So there's a good level of intelligence. Mm-hmm. There's a good level of education actually. Yeah. And there's like a hustle culture, which mm-hmm. I like, at least not with everybody, but yeah. like, you know, cause you got to hustle, you got to get things yeah. done in the Balkans. It's hard. Yeah. You got to be like entrepreneurial just yeah, to get yeah, your yeah. like papers. Yeah. Done, you know, like, so Darko's <laughs> always like, you know, <laughs> Darko amazing. knows how to manipulate, yeah, he you know, knows like how to play the game. Stuff. He yeah, knows how to play yeah, the game yeah. and that's entrepreneurial. Yeah. It's very right? cool. So you have an entrepreneurial culture. Mm. And the reason I picked Darko was because he was in an MLM. He was in a multi-level marketing company, like a Amway type of deal. That's not great. And I know, but I liked it because it means number one. He's a believer. And number uh-huh. two, he was into sales and he's willing to yeah. commit to it. He's he a is dreamer. A believer and he's a dreamer. He's a dreamer. And, and, and you, if sales. you're going to be an entrepreneur, yeah. you're not getting paid in the beginning. So right. you got to believe in the dream. Right. You got to right. be capable of yeah. having a bigger vision mm. for what you can accomplish with your business. And you're giving him a much more reasonable business than an MLM to right. have yeah, yeah. as his vehicle. Well, he had another yeah. business before that that had failed. He had a coffee shop in, Mas- in Skopje. Coffee shop slash fashion shop right, combo, right. and he had failed at that. Right, and so he had his, he was really like he went into a lot of debt, and he was working for this German company after right. it was some crypto thing, and right. so he was really kind of like lost. And so we helped each other. I'm not like yeah. I really helped him. I said, no, no, dude, get out of that. Like, get yeah. out of this deal. Get out of working for time for money. You can get back in the entrepreneurial game. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So this is like the American thing. It's yeah, like, bro, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Just start again. Yeah. Try again. Yeah. Take another swipe. You know, the European mentality is weird, man. Like my girl, my ex, and like my friends in Europe, they're like, oh, did you go to school for that? Like you don't have a... Yeah. Like they're all just obsessed <laughs> with like school. Oh, it's terrible. You gotta go to school. Yeah. Like, nah, um, I, that's I gotta end. I didn't, you know, yeah. Keep going. I didn't have any, like, we don't have that in America. doesn't matter if you went to school. Just no, do the thing. Just do just it. Just go do just it. Just get it done. And if you fail, if you fall done. down, just stay in the game. So that's yeah. my advice to you. If you want to start a business... Just start the friggin' business. Mm. Okay, if you're if you're brand new and young, go work for an entrepreneur for a couple of years and learn on his dime. That's a better. That's yeah, that's a, a good way to go. To start, that's fine. Sure. Once you get a little bit of that under yeah. your belt, go out and, and just. And if you start. have a good idea that you believe in, don't listen to the haters and just don't, go. Don't just let go your do insecure. It. Don't let your insecurity control you. Yeah, man. Just go and do honest business. Be an honest. It's more yeah. important because here's the, this is what I was trying to explain to my employees. Whether you win or lose in business, what's more important is the goodness th- that you're 
that if you like St. Thomas Aquinas says there's mm-hmm. four replacements for God in your life. Right. Power, pleasure, wealth, and honor. Really? That's it. Those are the four major Power, replacements. Power, pleasure, wealth, and, and the, honor. And the addiction to money is an especially dangerous addiction. Here's why. Mm. If you have an addiction to pizza, mm. okay, here's 50 pizzas, bro. Go right. eat 50 pizzas. Yeah. You're going to be done after a pizza yeah, and a half. Yeah. Even if you're like the most addicted pizza guy in yeah. the world. Yeah. But money... It's never enough. Bill Gates can be pissed off at night because Jeff Bezos got more money. Yeah, he's it's, got a bigger. It's, it's never big ending. It's, so, yeah. the, so what you're really looking for in your life is a connection to the source mm. of life, mm. which is God, which is God, right? of and course. His Son Jesus Christ. Yes, and I would argue His Church that He created called the Catholic Church. But anyway, right. separate topic. But um, that's what you're really looking for. Right. And the reason you're looking for that is because you want to you want to be a good person. So you want to be as close to that goodness which created the world mm. as you possibly yeah. can get. Yeah. And you want to align yourself with that. Yeah. You want to be an honest person, tell the truth. The tr- the word made flesh. Mm. God became a the human. The yeah. logos. You want to be attached to that. Yeah. You want to you want to follow that line. Mm. Whether you're successful in business or not, you treat people well. Mm-hmm. You work hard. You give your best effort. Yeah. You're honest. Those are more important. How you play the game yeah. is more important than winning or losing. Because if you're playing the game and you're cheating and you're winning, you're not really winning. I don't care. Because you yes. know you're cheating. Yes. Integrity so don't cheat. incredibly yeah, exactly. important. Don't cheat. Yeah. Be an honest player. God's watching. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And the more God law keeps is you real. accountable as right. well. When you Amen. live with God, you walk with God, he keeps you accountable. Amen. Whereas if you don't have that, cheating can become the truth. Right. Cheating, Amen. You know? Right. It's very easy to throw all that away. Amen. And so th- so so the how much working with good people will enrich your life is amazing. Yeah. It's really powerful. So your team and is good people, huh? Man, it's They're great on- people, man. I love I love I love I love those people. They're yeah. it's great to work with them. I've developed some really deep relationships over Beautiful. the years with them. Beautiful. It's kind of strange to not work there anymore. Yeah, and you were saying briefly before we recorded all this um, you don't have an office, eh? You guys don't. It's we not did before culture. COVID, but then uh-huh. COVID hit and we went all remote. And so now we don't you're have an remote, office anymore. So it's, they're, they're almost like they're all remote digital nomads. Yeah, they're well. Do they, they travel all, though? They, some of them do. Yeah. yeah, we have like Loretta. She's like off on Instagram yeah, doing her thing in cool. Ibiza or whatever. <laughs> God bless you, Loretta. And um, you know, that's so cool. we got that. But like most of them are just staying. You know, most yeah. of them stay pretty local. Some of them will travel, but yeah, okay. Um. You know, I, I always tell them, I tell the young kids, I'm like, look, the travel thing is, okay, do it for a little while. That's cool. But ultimately, what you should really do is get married to that girl, mm. you know, yeah. get married, have a bunch of yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. join your local church, I'm with you. teach, you know, have a, as many kids as you possibly yeah. can, <laughs> I'm with right? You. Like have a big family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crank them teach out. teach their, you know, teach their like whatever, go be their coach at their little league team, mm, get mm, a wife, love her, go to mm, church, mm, right? Like live the normal life. That's yeah. the best life. Like I think it's a, is it Chesterton or, or Johnson? One of these two guys. I think it might've been Chesterton. He said Chesterton the most, ex- sorry. Uh, GK Chesterton was an yeah. English writer and Samuel Johnson also, but sure. he said that he has this line. He said, the most extraordinary thing in the world is an ordinary man with his ordinary wife and their ordinary kids. Right. That's the most extraordinary yeah, thing there is. Yeah, because everyone's wrapped up in chaos. Right, and, right. and this whole nonsense. digital nomad thing, forget it. It's crazy. Like, it's just about strange consumerism and weirdness. It's so you're like, not into the digital well, nomad. Well, I'm, I'm... I mean, you're here. You yeah, bought a look, ticket. I'm, right, you're talking right, to me. We're having right, a good time, right. aren't we? I have a problem <laughs> with it as an, as, because the reason... Well, there's lots of reasons, but number one, I'm here because I like to, like... 
it gives me an opportunity. First of all, I'm here for business. Like right. I'm here at this because Philip and I and Stefan and I are thinking about doing business in a right. particular couple of projects. So I'm here for that. Right. Um, but the other reason is because if I'm on the road like this, I have a story that resonates mm. with digital nomads because I was one for a really long time. Right, right. And this is a way for me to bring, to try mm. to tweak, you know, push them a little bit, mm. whatever direction I can mm. towards, in, towards, God towards the, the Lord. Light. That's yeah, my reason from nomad to pilgrim. Cause I believe from that, nomad to pilgrim. I love that. Right. You're saying from that from nomad before. to I pilgrim. Like that's that, my like ministry the... and it's not started ah, yet, okay. but but That's the name of your ministry. Yeah, yeah you were from saying Nomad you're to starting program. a podcast. You've already started I have a multiple podcasts. So my I have all Catholic podcasts. So one is the Culture of Life Podcast dot com. Uh, one is Men for Life, the Men for Life Men for Life Podcast dot com, and then we have the Called. And then we have the Dominican option. And if someone was to just Google your name, Andrew Jacoby, you wouldn't probably find it. Find you would have you'd have to go to the different websites, which you can probably put in the show okay. notes. I'll I'll put them in the show, show notes. But make um, sure you send them to me. You wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't find them anywhere yet because I'm not that like online. It's like okay. I, don't, I haven't. We're just mostly focused on recording the podcast. Right. So yeah, I want to use the new media to spread the gospel message or the yeah. the message of of the truth of yeah. the faith, and that that everybody's life has meaning. Yeah. And that the meaning of your life is to find the Lord and yeah, then dedicate yeah. your life to the Lord, to yeah. the highest good that there is. That's what Peterson's talking about, even though he's a little confused. He about doesn't what get it. Means. Yeah, he's a little he's almost bit. There. He's almost there. But he brought both of us. Right. Yeah. yeah so, which um, is funny that he right. couldn't himself get there. Right. But he's helped not just me and you, countless people. But it change, it'll change your, I mean, it's so, as you would know. Yeah. Like when you bring the Lord into your life, it's just is really powerful. Your perspective changes. Everything. Your worldview is yeah, completely everything. different. It's so powerful. And so there's powerful. nothing really bad about it. It's only uh, good. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> you can't like go, like for me, I, you know, I have various addictive, like, mm -hmm. you know, things, um, some not great, like past with the ladies, you know, mm -hmm. like in the musician thing, like mm. there was some, uh, Let's just say that I was using people yeah. instead of loving them yeah. for a period of time yeah. where I was trying yeah. to get certain uh, behaviors yeah. without committing to what I should have been committing to. Yeah, well, right? And so, um, and I'm, I'm deeply ashamed of that behavior. But anyway, I did it. It's okay. So, we're all sinners. Yeah, whatever. Right. So, but I mean, like, so when you come to the Lord and yeah. you, you're taking it seriously, then you have to follow, you know, you have to like. You know, there's sin. You believe yeah, in yeah, sin, yeah. and yeah, what we do in the modern world is sin just changes. You like to to even feel that there is an aspect, there is something like sin because it's totally forgotten about. You right, know, right now the idea is like, right. things like just be free, just do right, whatever you right, want. Right, Polyamory, right. you know, all this <laughs> crap. People talk about open relationships like it's a reasonable yeah. choice. It's, it's like crazy. Are you crazy. Yeah, like, it's you're so, so interesting. Far That's away so from interesting. God, like you're so far away. Yeah, hundred percent. You need to start walking in the light. Yeah, it's and so it's true. so clear to you. It's so that true. That's not like polyamory is not going to make you happy. Think about it this way. Think about it mathematically. Yeah. There's a certain level of complexity in a relationship, man, yeah. woman. Yeah. Let's 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 represent that complexity with the number X. Yeah. Like just sure. It's really difficult to do this yeah. thing, right? Like yeah. you're a man. I'm I'm a man. She's a woman. Yeah. We sort of see things differently. We yeah. have different chemicals pumping through yeah. us. Let's now. You're saying to me the solution to the problems of this complexity is to add another woman or man oh. in, right? <laughs> like, yeah, so let me see. Madness. If you do that, will X increase no, or decrease? It's, it's will madness. the complexity go up or the complexity Pe go people down? People just want to. 
be cheating in the open, but right, you're still exactly. cheating. Right. Like, that's exactly. the end of the day. It's, well, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, it's worse than that because if you, we have this pagan God called the human orgasm. Mm-hmm. That's our God. Mm-hmm. And this God is, it's worse than that because mm-hmm. this God we sacrifice children to. In the mm-hmm. United States, we sacrifice 3,000 children on a daily basis to the God of the human orgasm mm-hmm. because people want to have sex, but they don't want to have the babies that yeah. come. So yeah. when the babies come, they throw them away like plastic toys yeah, yeah, if they don't fit into some, right? So that's our view of the human person. So if mm-hmm. you're out of the light, then your view of the human person, the value of human life yeah. goes down because yeah. it's all instrumentalized. There's no ultimate good. Yeah. There's no ultimate value. You're not really, you're just a monkey on a rock mm. floating in infinite space. Yeah, you don't have any real value. It's very hard to find value and meaning in life with that right. cosmological. So we all look back at like, you know, slavery and say, yeah. oh my gosh, well, like, how could those idiots, they were like, <laughs> how could those idiots have thought yeah, yeah, that yeah. like, you yeah. could own another human yeah. being, right? Like that was the, 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 so we look back and like, we're superior. In 200 years, 300 years, people are going to be looking back at us and saying, so they thought you could like just kill the babies even though they knew they were like I, babies? I would love to think that, assuming that morality progresses, but you know what I mean? It's not clear. I agree right. with you right. that that's how it should be in 200 years. But I mean, it's it's hard to say whether it, we're going further away from God as we go as a society sure, and sure. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And most people, unfortunately, their their morality comes from the herd. It comes from the people around them and they're, they're not capable or they're not interested in delving into theology, philosophy. And these are deep questions. It takes a long time to I agree with even you. wrap your head around this stuff. It's easy to just say, look, these three of my best friends do this. Like, yeah, I'm with them, whatever. Right, 100%. And, it's and true. It, it's, uh, if you've made it all the way to this podcast, clearly you're not one of them. You're a deep thinker. Thank yeah. you for listening Amen. in, baby. Amen. What's Hallelujah. up? I agree with you. It's, it's true. People, yeah. don't, people don't want to think about these things because ultimately it's like it's like what the devil said to Eve yeah. and to Adam. Yeah. You can be like gods. That's ultimately yeah, yeah, yeah. what it is. Yeah. And interestingly, Thomas Aquin- Thomas uh, Merton, who's a who's a Trappist monk, or was a Trappist monk, mm-hmm. had this thing. It's like, who did Eve go to? Who did the devil go to? He first went to Eve. Mm. So the anima, right? He went to the anima, which is the feeling part of you, the feminine part. So he's right. talking. It'll feel good. Right. You can, get to, you can do all that stuff you want. You can, yeah. You'll be like God. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how we get sold on this. It's not about thought. It's not rational. It's no. Like, hey, man, you want to do that sex thing? It's okay. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Just go do it, bro. Yeah, yeah, Ayahuasca, yeah. bro, good. Yeah. And you're good. It feels yeah. good, right? Yeah, yeah. Do it. No problem. Yeah. That's the devil's pitch. Right. That's who he pitched. And he pitched Eve first. Mm. So think about that. He pitched Eve. He pitched our feeling, the feminine side. He pitched mm. this like feeling, man. It's going to feel good. This mm. is cool. Mm. And so anyway, that gets into some deeper stuff. But ultimately, business, everything that you do in life, it's important that that you're that you're doing it honestly, that you're speaking yeah. the truth, that you're yeah. telling the truth, truth. and that Integrity. you're doing your yeah, you're doing you're doing what you can to I think it's live the f- best I, life that you can. You know what I can. think being an honest both of us, it's like the the question of integrity is so important, at least it was for me. I could, like I just wanted to make sure I was creating truly. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That Amen. was so important to me and I think that's helped me along my business path and I hope this podcast will be full of integrity. Yeah. And I think we've had an incredible discussion. Amen. Andrew Jacoby, what's up baby? You've Jacoby. been listening. Jacoby. 
Jacoby, look. look. It was what's, great, what's man. What's my last name? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not even going to go there, man. I'm not even going to go. It was great, man. After, like, great yeah, it was awesome. It was, look at this. Uh, and we're in the Swiss Alps. We're here for a Swiss Nomad Fest. And uh, Andrew's just one of the kinds of amazing people that comes to these kind of events. And uh, thank you very much for listening in. I'm Milan Militinovich. This is the Podcast Hostel. That's what's up, baby. See ya. <laughs> that was great. All right. Well, I think that was a great interview. Uh, I think Andrew's a pretty interesting person. I think I'll probably have him on the show at some point again to talk deeper about philosophy and faith. He's even got his own podcast. He's got more than one. He's got a few. They're all focused kind of on his faith and his philosophy and his kind of missionary work. And I've linked them in the description if you're kind of quite fascinated by this man it's worth checking out and um as a little thanks on making it all the way down to the end of this episode i've got a little treat andrew uh, sent me a recording that he made with his girlfriend at the time uh the time that he was uh in a cult and being a kind of a new age hippie type and uh it's a very cool little song i've kind of been listening to it on repeat and um it's very cool to be able to share this with you so um thank you very much for sticking along to the end of the show this is sarah's song by andrew jacoby and sarah gottlieb I got news for you, I 